0: When I was considering how to write this blog... So here are the few things that they contributed to me straight from the horse's mouth. I'm going to record this again because I hate it. When I was recording... When I was recording. No, no, one more time. Okay, okay. When I was record... When I was recording.
1: You're listening to the Central Station Podcast, where we bring you true stories of what life in the outback is really like and why many wouldn't live anywhere else. So pull up a stump, pop the billy on, or crack a cold one as we talk to the men and women who call some of the most remote parts of Australia home.
2: This episode is based on one of the most popular stories on the Central Station website called Tips for Station Newbies. From advice when applying for a job to what to pack and how to behave once you're on the station, we cover a lot in this episode, We even cover sex. So if you have little ones around, it might be best to plug in some headphones. Whether you're heading out to a station for the first time or you've been around for a while, there's something for everyone in this episode. If you have any advice you think we should include on our website, send us a message through the website or through any of our social media accounts. Okay, here is the mandatory disclaimer. The views reflected in this episode are those of the author of the original blog post, who is the interview subject in this episode, and the podcast host, that is myself. And they do not necessarily represent the views of Central Station, its staff, the people who contribute to our website, and most importantly, our sponsors, who are so generous um, and support us to be able to do what we do and share these stories. The original blog was genuine advice which was written in good humour and that is the same for this episode. We don't take ourselves too seriously and you shouldn't either. We encourage you to take the following with a grain of salt and make up your own mind.
1: Designed for Australia's harsh and demanding conditions, Pioneer water tanks are manufactured using strong and durable, fully recyclable Australian zinc alum or color steel. Their range of tanks are available from 12,000 to 250,000 litres in the standard range or can be custom-built up to 2.6 million litres. To protect your valuable water assets and access it where and when you need it, insist on Pioneer Water Tanks, available Australia-wide.
0: When I was considering how to write this blog, I thought to myself, I should really get some advice from friends who regularly hire young people to work on stations. And the response I got back was overwhelming. So straight from the horse's mouth, here are a few things you should know before you head out. Okay, so
2: first up, you've written some advice on things people should know before they apply for the job.
0: Yeah, that's true. What are some tips before they even get to the station? A two-paged resume. Anything longer than that is just wasting people's time. Just get to the point, say, this is what your interests are. This is how you did in school. This is any relevant work experience. These are the skills you have. That's all you need. Keep it simple. Yeah. Okay. I can also see that some of the, cause so you actually
2: went out to all different station managers and owners and you know, head stockmen for this, this feedback. And one of the tips or one of the pieces of the information they've given back to you is don't call your, your potential future boss mate or bud, etc. Because that first phone call is always the decider.
0: Absolutely. You want to be respectful. Goodness. Like you don't want to make it sound like you treat everyone as if they're your best bungee and that you can take advantage of them.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. It doesn't matter how useful you are. If you sound like a bit of a dropkick
0: on the phone. You're probably not going to get the job. Yeah. Okay. What's the next one? Uh, And I think this is one that a lot of people get caught out on. Just be aware of your Facebook page or your social media presence in general, really, um, just make sure that there are no drug references, excessive boozing, or illegal activities. I don't know, just putting it out there, that's not something that a potential employer would really like to see. And I know we tend to think that, you know, station managers are in that
2: slightly older generation mm-hmm. and they're not as social media savvy. No, they know how to do a Facebook stalk. And if they don't, they will get someone else to Facebook. I've been asked before, can you find this person? Actually, just last week... Somebody wrote to me asking, saying like, I've loved the website, blah, blah, blah. I want to get um a job a job on a station. I've worked on a station before, and I put them in touch with the pastoralist I know. And then I got a message from the pastoralist going, I can't find her on Facebook. Can you send me her Facebook profile? <laughs> well,
0: it's kind so, of telling about who that person is and what they're interested in yeah. and, and that kind of thing.
2: And especially if your social media is full of like guns and pigging and i don't know just things that are maybe a little bit
0: it might not agree with their practices and how they work yeah yep yeah for sure
2: there's just some you see some pretty Anyway, that's a whole other episode on itself because there are some pretty ordinary things that people in our (laughs) industry put on their social media but anyway moving right along moving right along be enthusiastic but not up yourself how what do you mean by that
0: I just mean that be enthusiastic in terms of, yeah, you want the job, you really do want the job, but definitely do not sell yourself as more than you are. Don't say that, yep, you are the best horse person, you've broken horses in, you can ride motorbikes. You know what, in the last few years you've attended a number of motocross competitions, freestyle jumping, that kind of thing. That's just bullshitting. Nobody is going to employ you on that kind of thing. Just be really honest and open. If you can't ride a motorbike, make sure you let them know but say if you are obviously willing to learn because it's that intention and want to will to learn or want to learn that will get you across the line. So many people I know are like I employ over attitude. I
2: employ for attitude over experience every time. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess it's sort of just like be confident, but not conceited. Absolutely. All right. What's the next piece of advice you've got for us?
0: Don't swear on the phone in your interview. If you're speaking to your potential potential future employer, just make sure you're polite and um, you can be enthusiastic and excited about the potential position and the opportunities that will be presented to you or offered to you. But definitely don't swear. Do you think – sometimes I think people think – I love how many times I've just said the word think
2: in the 30-second period – but. <laughs> I think there's this perception because it's, you know, manual labour and for anyone obviously that you can't see me, I'm doing the big air quotes with my fingers and that it's, you know, not, you know, a hugely highly paid job. People don't take it maybe as seriously and they think they can be a little bit, and you know, and because we're not wearing suits and ties to work and we kind of get dirty and messy all the time, sometimes I feel people don't take it as seriously and so they don't act as professionally. Like if I had a dollar for each time somebody messaged me on the Central Station facebook page or through our contact form on the website and it was hey you have got any work going pm me or dm me or give me a call this is my number so and all other and a whole range of other things so a they're not even using proper grammar they're not sending through a resume they've clearly not done how to look to realize that we do not offer employment we are a website yeah, yeah on the website contact form it says before you fill it in it says if you are contacting us about employment Please do not use this form. Look at the employment tab on the website. And people yeah. still
0: write through. And um, it kind of really indicates that you don't have an ability to pay attention to detail or follow instructions. Or use basic English. Yeah, and so or use basic English. Yeah, and so that's a
2: that's a big thing for me. And then just when people be like, "Hey, you've got any work going?" Like, "Oh, I just got a message from somebody who just said, "Hey, you've got any work going?" "Oh my god, you could be my next head stockman." Yes, <gasps> please, let me chase you down or people We post job ads, so I'm definitely getting a little bit of a rant here, but we post job ads on behalf of one of our sponsors, Ag Workforce. And so we post them on our website and people will actually comment and say, I'm interested, DM me um since when does an employer chase an employee like if you just because you're working out and the dust and the heat and it maybe is not the most glamorous job you do you have to be just as professional in everything that you do and don't expect people to chase you offering you work it's the same as any other job in the world you need to hustle and earn that position it's not like we're anyway so (laughs) (laughs) so please do not please always approach your employer not. And approach them with correct English. With correct English respect as well. You may not need to speak a lot in your job. You definitely need to have interpersonal skills to communicate with your crew. You may not need to be able to stand up and give like a 30-minute TED talk to the Queen, (laughs) but you still need to know basic Graham. Anyway, it's a small minority of people, but just needed to get that off my chest. (laughs)
0: Okay. I also want people to remember that if you you will be required to supply references because nobody wants to employ someone without having some idea of their work ethic and what type of person they are. So make sure that your references are A, up to date. B, the person knows that they're going to get a phone call from a potential future employee or employer of yours. And See that they're actually going to give you a good reference.
2: This is a good one because there was somebody last year that I know and they were, had all their applications in for the year and they told me like, we were just a bit gobsmacked. They rang up a reference and they were like, oh, well, he's a nice enough fella, but no, he's got a big temper on him and he's wrecked a fair bit of gear. Probably not going to get the job. (laughs) Yeah. So just be careful about your references when you pick them. Don't piss them off, that's for sure. Um, I see you've got on the list here. be honest about I think that's what we what you mentioned a little bit earlier, so I just want to go back over that. be honest about your ability and what you're keen to learn
0: absolutely if if you think you're a crusty demon and you've been there done that, then you can tell them that, but you probably also still won't get the job because it will make it seem like you're really rough on gear um <laughs> but if you have epic skills, make sure you mention it, but if you don't also mention it and just say. You know what this is a skill that I'm lacking but I'm really keen to learn if you are keen to learn if you don't want to learn those things then potentially that job's not for you exactly and I think by trying to make yourself
2: sound better sometimes it may not be it may it could also work against your favor so while you in some positions may not be experienced enough for that role if you apply to somewhere and say yeah I can do this this and this they go oh well, we're actually looking for a first year you'd probably suit more of a head stockman role
0: Uh, next up, I think we mentioned about having all your documents in order before you head up. Um, the reason why I said that one is because quite often during regular people business hours, the standard business hours, you are going to be out in the paddock away from the station, potentially eating your lunch under a truck or under the shade of a tree because you're too far out to go back home and eat a lovely meal in the kitchen. So if you are depending on that time to try and track down your tax file number, for example, or your banking records or your Medicare number, you might miss that opportunity and it's going to be quite a lot more difficult for you being remote than it would be before you leave to head up there. That's
2: a really good point. Just have everything printed out and ready to go when you get there because they will definitely need your super and your tax file number. Yeah, super too. And I like this bank account in your own name and access to that bank account. But I, I like you've also said a general understanding of what superannuation is because a lot of employers will just put you in their nominated one. And then as you have different jobs, you end up with like 20 different super accounts. You were paying these fees, paying for insurances and stuff. And, you know, you may think I'm not going to need super for a long, long time, but let me tell you that those years will creep up on you. And before you know it, you'll be like, Oh my God, I'm 30 and I have no super. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm not talking about myself or anything. Um, Forget about the dog.
0: Ah, oh, yes, it's a tough one. But, you know, some stations won't allow extra dogs on their places and that that is absolutely up to the manager's discretion or potentially the company's discretion if you're working for a corporate company. However, it's there for a reason. It's there to protect um, potentially the dogs that are already on the station if they're there for a specific purpose such as mustering um, or they are there to protect the other people working on the station. It is quite a risk to accept other people's dogs onto your place because you've got, as a manager, you've got no control over them and you can encourage your staff to take care of them in the way that you wish them to. But, you know, it's not really fair for another dog to also be left at home tied up for yeah. days on end while you're out at camp and th- and that kind of thing. That is true. I think it's definitely a question worth asking if you get
2: to... I'm not sure if you should ask it earlier or later on in the interview process because I do know there are some stations that will let you bring a dog. Yeah, yeah. I didn't meet a manager last year and he's like, no, I want people to have a pet because then he think, he think his line of thinking was that they would hang around longer because they would feel more at home and yeah. like they've got their own stuff. But, yeah, you do need to consider that, you know, your dog will either be caged or tied up. Like they're most likely not going to be running around the home. So just even if they're a cute little sausage dog, well, surely nobody would make you chain up a sausage. I don't know we should ask it's worth the question but yeah it's definitely worth like talking about
0: yeah
2: <laughs> this next one oh my god so we did the very first thing that you mentioned was the clear concise resume
0: yes
2: and i think what you're about to say next also ties back to the social media bit as well when people will social media stalk you what is it
0: pegging yes <laughs> So you said,
2: do not mention pigging on your resume.
0: This one actually came, was contributed by, um, a manager team, um, husband and wife team who said that everyone that they interviewed that year had said, yeah, we want to come north pigging. Ooh. And, oh, yes. They were just like, no, the we left. want you to be focused on work. We're here to employ you to work, not to chase pigs. Yeah. that yeah. so was a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a no-go Yes,
2: and probably a social media feed full of you like holding a gun or a knife over a half dead pig or a pig you know hopefully dead pig yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> dear lord definitely a dead pig please um and killed humanely while we're on that topic but
0: yeah it's just not we're not saying don't have a pastime. Huh? we're not saying don't have hobbies it's- but definitely don't list it as your main interest for wanting to head north yes and get a job at that location yeah it's something you know
2: if opportunity arises you might You know, like if you get to go fishing, you do, but you probably won't. So, but yeah, it's probably not the, um. Not going
0: to be doing that day in, day
2: out. Yeah. Okay. Try not to have a preconceived idea of what a jackaroo should be. I wish somebody could have told me this before the first time I headed out to a station, because all I knew about stations was McLeod's daughters. And I rocked up with a flannelette shirt and a, (laughs) a, what do you call it? A wife beater, one of those blue singlets. You did not. Yeah. In saying that, though, this was a, a cattle station in the Southern Rangelands, and they don't really dress like the rest of the country, so I could kind of get away with it. <laughs> I also had on, like, um, like um I don't know what they call like, blundstone boots or um those, what are they? I think they're made in South Australia. They're kind of like work boots that, like, like jodhpur boots, so they're really, rossy boots. Rossy, yeah. Yeah, I had some rossy boots, you know, so I just, yeah, so I like that you said here, stay true to yourself, don't
0: try, and be someone that you're not like yeah definitely over the years i've been really fortunate to meet a number of young people coming onto stations and just the diversity of the people coming that want to work up north and and want to experience what the north has to offer or the outback has to offer you know but you're bringing your own story with it and that is so unique how everyone's got to where they are and and what's driven them there makes you unique and, and Makes people want to talk to you because you're not the same as everybody else. It makes you interesting, so don't yes, give yeah, that yeah. up. Absolutely, and don't certainly don't sacrifice the things that you like,
2: unless it's pick. Pe- no, just kidding. <laughs> unless it's picking, um, to try and pretend like you fit in. So, like you said here, don't try and claim to be a diehard country music person if you prefer Mackle- Macklemore. Sometimes when you're driving around, like you, the divert I think it's pretty easy to put people into a box and this industry into a box and be like, oh, they're all just country bumpkins that listen to country music, obviously country hour, blah, 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 blah. I love going out places and someone will crack on some like house music or some reggae or something and you're like, what? And you're like, oh, this is cool though. Like,
0: Yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't think so, but it takes all kinds to make this industry tick. When I first hopped in my husband, now husband's car, he was playing Eminem and then 50 Cent and then Slim Dusty. (laughs) And I went, oh my goodness watch that beep
2: <laughs> I feel like every single person on a cattle station under the age of like 35-40 could could re- um, recite Lose Yourself by m M&M. m oh absolutely like, that that gets the people going no matter what industry you're in or where you are in the world doesn't matter if you're on like a rooftop bar in Sydney or if you're just literally out in the paddock in the Kimberley like you put on some M&M like it goes off it goes off <laughs> Alrighty, what about you know, so in saying that, staying true to yourself and not trying to be somebody and not how does that affect the clothing that you wear then? Because naturally you wanna look like everyone else and fit in. And again, I'm doing those air quotes, everybody, because you can't yeah, see me.
0: I I get that. I get the pressure that you want to fit in and not stand out. I understand that. But at the same time, you're gonna be out in the paddock, you're gonna be doing work that involves getting dirty and potentially tearing I'm. I'm gonna say potentially, but it's actual. Oh, you're yeah. just gonna
2: tear your clothes. Barbed wire will ruin your life.
0: Yes. Uh, what
2: was <laughs> that? I was asking about what kind of clothing <laughs> you were about to say. Don't buy
0: expensive stuff because it's gonna get wrecked. It is gonna get wrecked. Um, I, it, I was actually thinking of the Queensland Agriculture Friday Funny. Oh,
2: what's?
0: Uh, do you need to look it up? What do you call? Oh. What do you call a cow? That jumps over a fence.
2: Oh, the, the joke I told Oh, <laughs> I love that she's just tried to take a joke that I've told her today <laughs> and attribute it to the Queensland government. What? Nice, nice plug there, Jody. Oh, thank you. Anyway, the joke is what do you call it when a cow jumps over a barbed wire fence? What is it, Steph? Utter destruction. <laughs>
0: Anyway, your clothes are going to end up like that anyway. So it's just as worthwhile to duck down to your local Vinnies or Red Cross and just pick up some secondhand long sleeve shirts that button up to the collar.
2: Yeah, until you're, and then, you know, once you get a feel for different clothing, you can buy some more. But also, like, I definitely recommend having, I've got town clothes and work clothes, and especially with jeans. There are jeans that you only wear on trips to town, and sometimes I don't even put them on if I'm, like, just on the station, just in my room for the day. Like, no, that I don't even physically put them on until I'm in town because Murphy's Law, you'll be driving into town, and I did this. I've wrecked a good shirt of mine. I was driving out of the station to town, so I got dressed in town clothes one kilometre from the bitumen. This was last year in Halls Creek, two years ago in Halls Creek. I got a flat tyre, and I was pretty quick in changing it, but it was a grey T-shirt, and I got pinned down on it, and it did not come out. Like, I've still got, like, faint... It's only faint stains, but it drives me nuts. So, I have – in my wardrobe, I've got town jeans and town clothes and work clothes. And the other thing is, like, generally when you share a washing machine, sometimes they'll have two washing machines. Sometimes they won't. And I wouldn't – I'd be careful about what you put in the work washing machine because, like, a lot of friends have, like, a mechanic husband. Like, they've got one set of clothes for all the grease and the oil and the diesel and a washing machine that doesn't get that shit going through it. So, excuse my language, but, yeah, I would definitely – um, yeah, don't, I wouldn't, don't worry about wearing R.M. Williams or really no. fancy stuff. It, you will get diesel on it. You will get vaccination on it. Surprisingly, but not vaccinations, but some of the um, antibiotics for cattle, yes. if you have to use them, yep. especially the yellow one, um, stains your jeans. Yeah. Um, some, yeah, all sorts of stuff will stain you diesel, oil, whatever. So. Definitely have a non-fancy set of work clothes. Absolutely. But at the same time, as you get – if you think you're going to stick around for a long time, then you can kind of invest in some good quality, tough, long, comfortable
0: things. Yes, definitely. Good ideas.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll proceed. All right. I really like the next point you've got about, which is, you know, with a resume, people are going to be checking up on you, but perhaps you ought to check up on the place you're going to work at.
0: Yeah, definitely. It um. The industry definitely has people with strengths in different areas um, and some people are really excellent low-stress stock people. Um, some people are really big into horsemanship and would like to encourage that in their staff. Other managers aren't particularly good at communicating, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> putting it out there. We all have strengths and weaknesses. We definitely all have strengths and weaknesses. Um but if you happen to know someone in the industry, and it is a small industry, it might be worth just checking in with them and asking them if they know of your the station that you're going to or the manager that you're considering working for, and just asking them what they know about that particular station and what their strengths are and if that's going to align with what you want to achieve. In yes. your job there. That's really important. And I will link, uh, put a link in the
2: show notes. I've actually written a whole blog about things that you should ask employers when applying for a station job because it's so important to match your expectations with what the reality is going to be. And so if you want to, if you love horses, don't end up somewhere that uses all buggies and bikes. Or if you love fishing, then don't end up in the middle of the desert. Um, if you're a little bit more on the sensitive side, going to the place so that guy can be, a or girl, can be a bit of a hard ass and is known for running their crew really hard probably not going to work out well for you so you definitely need to do your homework and i will link to that there's a whole article on that guys and we'll put it in the show notes
0: it's a good one i like that one
2: all right what have we got next
0: um when you're offered two jobs make sure you compare the details because some will offer perhaps four weeks leave whereas others offer six weeks annual leave if you're thinking of being there for a long period of time but they may offer you a slightly different pay rate and that might be per hour or it might be per day but it's just worthwhile keeping those kinds of things in mind. Also, some stations will go to a lot of events, a lot of community events where you'll get lots of opportunities to catch up with people that you've met previously, or maybe they're just new to you, lots of socializing opportunities. But some stations have different priorities and they might only go to one or two rodeos a year. And if that's your, if that's your thing, that's great. But if you're into camp drafting, you might end up quite a bit disappointed. Yeah, so don't just look at
2: the dollar signs, definitely weigh up with annual leave, any benefits, all that sort of stuff and and yeah, it's not just your at the end of the day, let's be honest, none of us are out there to make the big bucks. Um, but we're out there because we love the work we do and and it's and you know, it is a job. And it it's something It's a profession. You need to take it and act professional. But it is also very intrinsically linked to our to the lifestyle. So you've got to make sure that that suits you as well. For sure. For now, sure. the final thing on your list for before you even get out to the station is?
0: It's not necessary to have your own car, but it certainly is helpful. If you want to, for example head into the pub for the weekend because you have the weekend off, or for a night, I shouldn't say, <laughs> not a weekend, or whatever our listeners happen to choose. You want to go to coffee club? If you want to go to coffee club, uh, then you need to, and you don't have a car, then you need to line up someone else who is going or asked to borrow their vehicle, and it's an imposition to others. Whereas if you have your own car, you can be quite self-sufficient. You can choose to take other people with you, you could choose to go by yourself, but pretty much you've got control over your own actions and when it is you come and go.
1: Charles Darwin University's Agricultural and Rural Operations Team focuses on North Australian production and business systems, offering current real-world knowledge and experience by delivering both full qualifications and industry-required short courses. Courses at the rural campus are designed to develop the skills required for work on a North Australian beef cattle property or in the top end ag industry, while providing a sound knowledge base in the pastoral and agricultural industries. They have dedicated staff who specialise in workplace training and assessment and recognition of prior learning. They will come to you and service some of the most remote areas in the Northern Territory. Find out more at cdu.edu.au. dot edu. dot au.
2: Alrighty, up next on our list of tips for station newbies is some packing recommendations. Now you've got a very short and succinct. succinct I love how many times I have to repeat my words in this episode. I'm not going to edit this out <laughs> either, guys. Keep it real. It's real. It's you need real. to know I'm I'm no Pip Courtney. <laughs> I'm definitely no Pip Courtney. Anyway, these inspiration. <laughs> Hi, Pip. Can you please mentor me? Anyway, um, I'll let you read out your list and we can talk
0: about them and then I might chuck a few things on. Yeah, cool. Um, So just to again clarify that this list was composed by um, friends and colleagues who gave me suggestions as to what they think the people that they hire and that they employ should bring onto stations with them. So things like a notebook and pencil, um, such as the little ones that – um, elders and the landmarks used to have i think that's so important i always use one like you may be asked to tally in the yards that day and
2: they may have their own tally book but if you're out in a boron and you see or if you're out mustering you see something like broken or you just see something or you're in the mob and you're like oh that cow and you need to write down a tag number yeah like, you just need to be able to phones are also very handy if you're allowed to have them if you can take a picture of the problem and come back and be like oh i saw you know the swelling on this leg or this fence was down or what's yeah. wrong. Like that can also be very helpful, but you need to write it down or guaranteed you'll forget it. And do not write it on your hands because it will because sweat
0: off. If you get to breakfast and you get given a list of jobs for the day, you're going to be a lot more efficient if you've got it written down in a p- in a notebook in your pocket than having to go back to a whiteboard or, or yeah, whatever it was, yep. or forget something. Yeah. The next thing is an absolute staple. Oh but- my goodness gracious. Could not emphasize this enough. Five litre water bottle, if not bigger, with your name on it. <laughs>
2: yeah. You don't want to be sharing. And this was actually came up in the episode I did with Kate Everett. I was like, yeah. what are some things people, I don't even know what I asked her, but she's like, bring a water bottle and bring a real one, not yes. like a pump water bottle from the servo. That and I was like,
0: yes, ma'am. Definitely not cut it. You'll go through that before smoker and then you'll be dry for the rest then of the afternoon. Perish. Uh, good multivitamins, some Staminate or Gatorade, some kind of electrolyte replacer, um, sunscreen, 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 put it below your eyes Um, so then when you do sweat it doesn't run into your eyes and you can't Ooh, see. That, that is actually, that's taken me 30 years, but I've just learnt something today. <laughs> <laughs> um, bandanas, if you have them, they're really quite good. Not only can they protect your neck area from sunburn, but also... When it does get dusty, because unfortunately it it does, yards do get dusty as much as we all try to minimise it as a risk. It does happen. You can also use it to help breathing and easier. And you can never have enough sun
2: protection. So we've got a blog, and I'll, I'll link this in the show notes as well. Rainy, who is a contractor and been contracting for ages, absolute boss, always wears a big hat, long-sleeve shirts, bandanas, sun cream, sunglasses, like this girl is covered head to toe, and she wrote a blog for us about how she got skin cancer. Um, wow. So, you know, and this is, it doesn't, you know, that's somebody who covers up all the time. So it's just not worth the risk. Like, Definitely not. It's, yeah, nothing is worth that risk.
0: Um, also putting it out there, guard. Now, some people would say that you're so 50, you have to use guard, But I would consider it as not having to scratch yourself 24 hours a day. Yeah. Um, and if you go out to camp, if you're on a station that camps out, take it with you there too. Oh, yes, definitely. Now, uh,
2: <laughs> I love this. And this is going to come into what we talk about at the end of this episode. Yeah. But uh, I want you to, can you please read it out the way it is written?
0: I, I will, but I just want the listeners to know that I'm blushing right now. <laughs> condoms, condoms, condoms. Make sure you take some
2: with you. Take lots with you. In case you guys didn't get the message, Jody wants you to pack condoms, <laughs> condoms, condoms condoms. She has not written it once, but three times.
0: Now I You don't probably need like, more than three packs. I feel like it wasn't my contribution. I feel like other people contributed <laughs> it and, and I'm just now in charge of reading it out to you know, everyone.
2: There's a saying from the movie Lonesome Dove. Pretty sure it's Lonesome Dove. It's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. That is so true. So if you don't use those, somebody else will.
0: They definitely will. Do and then you can be short. like a
2: fairy godmother and Keep the population low. <laughs> <on.
0: laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Girls, make sure you have many packs of hair ties. And for goodness sake, if you have long hair, make sure you plait it up and keep it out of your face and out of the way so that it doesn't get tangled and caught up in machinery.
2: Yeah. It's all well and good if you have super cute hair in your Instagram photo, but then if you get caught in a PTO shaft, like...
0: ah, oh, not going to have the hair. Or probably a scalp. So that, it I know girl. that was a
2: very extreme option, but like just... There are times and places, you know, like maybe at the end of the day, like there's certain times and places where you can maybe like, you know, redo your hair a little bit for a photo or something, but they're few and far between and keep it to that. Yeah. You know, like after knockoff times. But, yeah, definitely. After knockoff, but if your your hair Like hair down, that's fine. If we see you on Instagram and you're in the yards like working a slide gate or something and you've just got this amazing blonde mane like flowing around you. No one's yeah. going to take you seriously. Like, what are you not doing? Not a single one. Anyway,
0: same for blokes as well, though. Like, this is not uh, – yes. anyone with long hair. Yes, sorry. equal opportunity. Yes. 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 Man buns also acceptable. Yes. For some people.
2: <laughs> now we're moving on to attitude. You got quite a few responses on this from station managers and owners about things people should really keep in mind about their attitude before they head out to a station.
0: I think that there are a few key ones like that were reiterated – in a number of ways but the main ones were use your brain think before you act and also demonstrate a willingness to listen and ask questions if you are uncertain about something either where or how or why ask because you're more likely well, definitely in some cases, to do a better job and actually do what it is that your manager was asking from you if you ask those questions as opposed to going, yeah, yeah, I can do that and go off and do something half-cocked.
2: There are so many times and it took me a while, definitely a couple of years to get the confidence to actually be like, they'd be like, all right, go this way, take a left here, blah, blah, blah. Just you know, Generally, that's just with directions but also, you know, how to do something. And I'd yeah. be like, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And then me and the person, usually a bloody backpacker, would walk away and I'd be like, did you understand what they meant? And they're like, no, did you? And I was like, no. But, like, you just feel so mortified having to be like, I'm sorry, I don't get it, because you're like, they're going to think I'm so dumb. But when you make a mistake in this industry... They are going to think so much less of you. It's generally either going to be very dangerous or very expensive and very time-consuming. So don't be like, oh, yeah, I I totally understand what you want me to do. Oh, yes, I can drive a grader. And then you go and wreck something, or it's just not worth it. Like, just sometimes I... (laughs) But I think I can probably get away with this because people just think I'm a bit ditzy anyway. Two degrees, <laughs> mind you. But anyway, I like to say I'm book smart, not life smart. But um, I say, can you just explain it to me again? I'm like, okay, explain it to me. Like, you maybe, maybe don't say this to a station manager. They probably wouldn't. Actually, know. I was going to say, say it to me like you're saying it to a five-year-old. That's that's what Steph needs. <laughs> you guys probably need something different. But, like, if you don't get it, just be like, listen, I'm really – and and be honest, I'm saying, listen, I'm not really – I don't think I really understood – and. But then you can continue on and say, I don't want to damage any equipment or have anybody get hurt or or make a mistake that's going to, you know, eat up our valuable time. And if you let them know that, they'll be like, they'll appreciate you thinking of that. You've thought about it. Yeah. The amount of times, like, that people have had to go pull people out of bogs or they've got stuck somewhere or they've...
0: Just gone off in completely the wrong direction and then required a search party to go looking for them. Yes,
2: it's either a huge cost of time or a cost of money because you've wrecked some gear or somebody's gotten hurt.
0: So Exactly, I was about to say, or you've ended up hurt hurt and injured. It's better to be safe than sorry. Better to be safe than sorry. Okay, I really like...
2: um have some self-respect. Yeah.
0: Even if you're only
2: here for one season, people still remember that one person that gets around, wrecks gear, gets drunk all the time and has no respect for others. You can still have fun,
0: but just have some self-respect. Definitely. I can't add anything to that. I think that has, sums it up all in one. <laughs> just, yeah. be a- You can be the larrikin, but
2: also be a good person, please. Yeah. Um, This one would have been very big for me um you will get yelled at take it in your stride it happens to everyone and again as we said don't be afraid to ask for help if you're having problems personal or work
0: related yeah definitely i can uh, 111 billion percent <laughs> relate to this i definitely got yelled at and took it personally and that affected my first year i suppose um being on stations
2: I feel like I've taken it personally pretty much every time until the last couple of years. Yeah. Like there was I it's just it's hard because somebody yells at you and then it really depends on your personality. Some people I've learned You yell at them and they're like, yep, okay, cool, and they just get on with it. You yell at me. I might just be like, okay, I might have a little bit of a quiver in my face but get on and do it, but then I'm going to go back to my room and, like, rock in the fetal position.
0: Me too, me too. And if you're that kind of
2: person and there's nothing wrong if you're that kind of person, you need to acknowledge that about yourself, perhaps have that discussion with your boss and then work on some skills to be a little bit more resilient and and pull apart but then in saying that there is also a difference between you know people and we're not encouraging people to yell at other people it will happen but there's also a difference between you know somebody yelling out for danger or um uh, one really common thing is as you're coming into yard up a mob someone will if you're on horses or bikes they'll look over and they'll yell at you to come in and fill the gap because you know a beast can break back so yeah i've had that before like get up there get up there and you just oh and you get up there but then like so you've got to be able to discriminate between that and then if you actually are working for somebody who is on, you know, borderline or actual verbal abuse. So you also need to I think be aware of that.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think when we were talking earlier, before the show even, just about the circumstances in which this might happen, I think the Young analogy is is a really, really precise like really accurate one I should say, because it's about When you're getting yelled at in that particular circumstance, yes, you haven't read the situation correctly to be in the right spot, but you're getting yelled at due to, A, there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of pressure, and there's a lot of time that's gone into getting to where that situation is at the moment, for example, the cattle in the yards, and you not being in the right spot is potentially, potentially gonna blow the mob. Gonna so blow them mob and that's the whole thing. thing. Yeah, exactly. So it's, there's it's a not difference. necessarily an attack yeah. on you. But there will be like you know, I've I've met
2: a few people in the last couple of years that have had to sit down and have meetings with their cooks and be like, listen, this food isn't up to scratch, or it's yeah. not sustaining enough, or whatever the problem is. Some people everyone's delivery is different because everybody has different life experiences yeah. and different skill sets, as we said at the beginning of this podcast there's a varying range of communication skills out there so yeah you just yeah. got to take it as it comes and and really decide is it somebody just not having the greatest skills or is somebody just a bit of an ass like, well, and then what what are you willing to accept so
0: yeah that's right and usually no it will worry. be about an something that needs to be done urgently or potentially you've broken a lot of things or broken something really expensive and I found in one particular circumstance when I got yelled at by a manager, he was really frustrated with me, but it was because he was disappointed that I hadn't remembered how to do a skill and he thought that I had not nailed. And so in a roundabout way, he was disappointed because he had such high hopes for me, I suppose. And so then afterwards he said, okay, so you obviously didn't get it. Let's try this again. Yeah. So no
2: easy answer to that one, guys. We're all going to get yelled at at some point. Just got to figure out. If it's a reasonable, you know, some people would say it's never reasonable to yell anyone, but I don't know. It'll happen, but is it, you know, happening because of a one off circumstance or is it a daily, if it's a daily basis thing, then you may, we encourage you to reach out and speak to somebody and, and kind of sort of figure out what that is. Yeah. Um, I love this next one. (laughs) Don't big note yourself, especially if you can't actually follow through because one day you will be given that red (laughs) horse. Take note all first years. <laughs>
0: yeah. Be honest with your writing skills. <laughs> yeah. Don't
2: – again, like, don't upsell yourself if you're
0: – Yeah, if you're average, that's okay because everyone's got to develop from somewhere. And some people want – um some people want
2: people with less experience because then they don't have any bad habits and they get to train them in the way they want. So don't feel like you need to really be like, oh, I can do this, this, and this. Just be honest about your level.
0: Absolutely. And that comes for cattle handling skills as well.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, which kind of leads into this next one, which is don't ever say, but at XYZ, we did it
0: like this. Oh, my goodness. This I'm drives guilty. me absolute batshit crazy. I'm sure I did too. No, guilty. Back so guilty. in the day. But. The reason you're being asked to do it the way that you're being asked to do it is because the manager's experience has led him to believe that this is how this works on this particular station in this environment with this type of cattle, with that type of machinery or animal. Um, so although maybe you can have a productive discussion around that at knockoff Beers and go, I found it really interesting today because, you know, at home we did it differently. I was intrigued to see how you do it. But coming straight out with, well, in New South Wales, we're doing like this. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> I really like the
2: suggestion you just had about waiting until knockoff time and then phrasing it in a way out of curiosity. Because one of my favorite things that, from all the places I've worked, all the different parts of the industry and around the world, is I kind of make a little melting pot. I learn little bits and pieces from everyone, yeah. and then form my own way of doing things. But Yeah, you can't just come in, especially if you're new to the industry and – or, you know, you may not think you're that new because you grew up on a family property or you've worked on a couple of other stations. Like, if you think there's a better way to do something, just hold your tongue for a little while, unless you see there's a real obvious danger and somebody's at risk. But just take the time to understand why they're doing it the way they're doing it. And like you said, I think the best way to broach it is to ask out of curiosity and be like, oh, so – I really, what i really enjoyed about coming to work here is, um, or oh, I found it really interesting how you guys do this. Um, have you ever seen, you know, I worked at this place and they did it this way. And I was wondering, like, how you think the two compare. And do it as a discussion like that. Because can you imagine being like somebody who's worked their butt off, you know, in the stock camp, they've made it to head stockman, they've made it to manager, they're responsible for a crew of people, or maybe they own the place, so, you know, then they've got the whole, yeah. responsible for all this stuff. And then next minute, some 17, 18 year old is like, well, I don't think that's how you should move cattle up the
0: race. Ah, uh, that kind of brings a love bell.
2: <laughs> or like, that's not how we muster. And you'd be like, "Um, cool, what's happening to my life?" Yeah, yeah. Wow. So just, I don't know. Like, I, it's pretty. I think when I did it, I never really said it to a manager. I'd say it to other people in the crew. I think for me, that was me just trying to. Um, push down my own insecurities and show, like I have some experience. Yeah, I've worked other places, I've done this before, and that I can't speak for anybody else, but that's definitely what it was for me. It was my way of validating myself and being like, yeah, I'm not a beginner like the rest of you. Well, potentially,
0: maybe as a take home from this, we could think of it as a learning opportunity when you're being asked to do something differently. Yeah, take it as a learning opportunity. Okay, and so the last one:
2: do not bitch, wind or complain about the property or manager or
0: workers that you work with or for to outside people. And why is that, Jodie? Oh, it's a small industry. It is a tiny, tiny industry, much like we said before when we said if you're thinking of working for someone, ask someone you know in the industry what they think about them, someone will know them, and it goes the same way. It's like two degrees of separation. Absolutely. And if you run down people, if you run down your co-workers, if you are out blabbermouthing, blabbermouthing at the pub, the manager did this or something happened and they did that, then you will get a bad name for yourself extraordinarily quickly.
2: That is a good point. There is actually a fundamental song called I think it's called something I said. Fundamentals, Aussie hip hop. If anybody's yeah, yeah. not across it, and there's a line. It's like when Billy has a bitch about Susie. It says more about Billy than Susie. So completely true. <laughs> I love that line. So, which is you know, there's definitely a time and a place to vent. I I've spoke about this in the episode with Kate Everett. You know, yeah. trying to find the fine line between being aggressive and bullying and and venting and and having some constructive you know you need to release some frustration sometimes yeah you really need to consider what you say and then again who you say it to maybe have a select sounding board person maybe somebody back at home or maybe i don't know somebody that you can really trust but also just be very careful about the way you say it and i mean definitely go back and listen to episode 12 um that where i spoke with kate everett because one tactic that we came up with was you know Perhaps talk about how you're frustrated at the situation. Yeah, not or the, the feeling, person. Not the person. Like, don't make it personal. Like, oh, I'm just frustrated at work that it's really stressful, or I'm
0: frustrated that um something, something not she's the situation a, didn't go right, and then all of a sudden yeah. we were out working until at, seven o'clock or yeah, eight or o'clock. Or I'm frustrated that she
2: didn't come to me with that problem rather than she's a stupid cow and I hate her guts. So yeah, don't that's I, not cool. Yeah, no personal attacks. Just no, yeah. No. It is very small industry, guys. And even if it wasn't a small industry, like, it's just, I think, as we said in the episode with Kate, it's time to be more aware
0: of what, of, we're of, of
2: what we're saying and how we're thinking. It definitely affects your attitude, which is really important when you're out in the middle of nowhere and, you know, you're living and working with a really small group of people and your mindset is really important.
1: Central Station welcomes Ariad. Australia as a sponsor. Experience the culmination of superior technology Innovation and style with Arriet. Visit arriet.com.au, reach the next level and feel the Arriet difference.
0: So, if you choose to actually go out to a station, some of the most important advice that I received from my friends and colleagues that contributed when I put out the call are like drink water and then drink some more. Like, you are going to be in the hot sun, it's probably going to be humid if you head up there about now. You're going to sweat. It's going to be great for your pores. You're not going to have any clogged pores, but (laughs) you do need to drink. Actually, I dispute that claim because I've had
2: really bad skin on a station before. (laughs) But ideally, yes, you can't, you know, there is nothing worse than heat stroke, having to sit out for the day or having to sit under a tree if you're too far away to go home or, God forbid, call the RFTS. like, You may not feel thirsty, but you need to keep, that's the trick when you're on like a boron or something in a vehicle with air conditioning, you need to keep drinking because you will not feel it, but it will knock you for six, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Breakfast is also important, make sure you eat it, but before you get to breakfast, just be ready for the day, and it comes back to that self-respect issue that we spoke about earlier. Wash your face, comb your hair, tie it up, and just when you get to breakfast, be ready to go. Since you finished your breakfast, you're ready for work. And I think this kind of ties into
2: what I was talking about earlier about how people may not consider this a very professional job because, you know, we get dirty and dusty and not paid a whole lot. You need to be a professional in this industry. If, no matter what you're doing, you need to be professional. So, yeah, presentation is important. Tuck your shirt in, be ready to go, have a, yeah, brush your hair. Don't walk into the kitchen, you know, even if it's a 4 30 breakfast, don't walk in there and look like you've, I don't know, just got a mess of hair and you're half asleep like splash some more in your face you know
0: you're turning up to work so absolutely um and this ties into the next one as well look after your gear both your personal gear and your work gear because it's what you're relying on for you to get your job done and that could be your saddles and your bridles but it also could be things like your um the tools that you're using yeah, and it's an investment.
2: If it's not your money, it's their money. It's someone's money. Those things cost a lot to replace. They do. Um, definitely look after other people's gear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the next one that came in I really laughed at because I I was like, really, who doesn't know this? Um, learn how to use a washing machine. This could be
2: accurate for a lot of people coming straight out of boarding school. Well, I don't know. True. Do you have to wash your own clothes at boarding school? I don't know. I didn't
0: go. I don't. I
2: don't know. If anybody here is from the body <laughs> school, can you please let us public let us school povo people know yeah. if you get your clothes washed for you?
0: Um, I like this next one, though, that ties into the washing machine, though. Yes, and this is a pet hate of mine, really pet hate. Do not leave your clothes in the washing machine. This means that other people can't do their washing or they have to hang it out for you or it gets thrown on the floor, which I may or may not have done.
2: (laughs) We actually have, again, I'll link it in the show notes, a really funny blog written by Emma Moss from when she worked down at Narima, and I think there ended up being this war between, like, I feel like it was a head stockman and someone in the crew because he kept leaving his washing in the washing machine, and at one point the wet washing got thrown up on a roof.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, I think that's 100% justified. (laughs) So, you know... Figure out how long a cycle takes.
2: Set a timer on your phone. Go back, get go it back. Out. Yeah, or yeah. leave an empty basket there and a note saying "sorry if I'm not here." Chuck it in this basket. Yeah,
0: also good. Yeah, um, and coming back to that kind of area is the shared amenities. Very few stations will uh, have the facilities for someone to have their own ensuite. So you are sharing a bathroom with other people. Don't pee, <laughs> Don't pee in the shower. Don't pee Nobody in the shower. <laughs> Don't pee in the shower. Nobody wants Nobody wants Don't pee in the shower. But also just clean up after yourself. If you've got water splashed everywhere, just mop up after yourself. Keep the facilities clean
2: Get rid of cleaner. the toothpaste
0: in the sink. And God
2: forbid if you're sharing with blokes. Guys, if you shave... Wash it down the sink. There's oh, nothing closer coming to wash that your nice. teeth and there's just hair thank everywhere. You. That's, what you, that's what you get when you get married. Like, we don't want it oh, now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. This one could be, could have a big impact on how your season goes. Uh, so low, like. Be nice to the cook. Always say thank you to the cook. Always. <laughs> Always say thank you. They are a person too, and they are a very important person in your they life.
0: They are a very hard-working person that feeds you nutrients, that you- enables you to get through the day. Say thank you.
2: And even if they're pretty bloody average, it could always be worse. So, you really could.
0: You could cook for yourself after doing a full day's work.
2: Yeah. So And in saying that, when you are eating, after you say thank you, generally at pretty much every place I've ever been to, you go and wash your own Dishes after yeah. So wash your plate, your fork and knife. Don't just leave them sitting in the dish rack to drip dry because there's no dish fairies. It's there's nobody no else's job.
0: It's yeah. your job. It's part of your job. Do your own dishes. You're an adult now.
2: Yes, you are. You're a grown-up. So wash and dry your dishes, put them away, and go back to the table where you ate and, you know, wipe it down if you've spilt stuff out there. Like, it's little things, but just imagine if you're, like, slaving away in the kitchen all day and these people come in, they're kind of grunty or whatever or have a few yarns. Like it's just the little things that I think, you know, and I don't know from personal experience. If you are getting good with the cook, like they, you will are pretty set. set. They will cook your favourite meals. They will cook really good smokers. They will yeah. save an extra. They'll be like, "Oh, I made a taste a taste tester. Do you want to try this out for me?" Like, <laughs> yes, I do. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't say they're more important than the manager, but they're pretty bloody important. Um, this is one that has only become an issue, I reckon, in the last. I don't know, probably ten years. Yeah. Do not use all the internet. Yes. For the love of Sweet Baby Jesus. So Sweet Baby Jesus. There will be. Usually sometimes there'll just be one lot of internet that the whole station accesses. Sometimes there'll be a separate one for the schoolroom if there's one. Sometimes if they're lucky, the managers or the office will have their own internet and then the crew will have one. You guaranteed it will be gone by like seven days into the month because somebody's watching Netflix. Like if you have Netflix, get the app on your phone or iPad, wait till you're in town on a day off with service and download it, because you can save um, things on Netflix offline yes. now, yeah. or bring a hard drive with movies or something, Yeah. but do not be the- I have been that person. <laughs> I um. What was I watching? I don't even remember. What I-, I went out on a station, and I don't even remember what I was watching, but it had been a couple of days, and I was like, oh, well, surely I would have heard by now if I'd been using a lot of internet, so I just kept doing what I was doing. I don't even... I honestly don't even remember what I was doing. I might have been watching oh might have been watching Pretty Little Liars off a dodgy third party website. But then one day, a few days later, I got ripped a new one. Like uh, and it was a very small station at the time, so there was only you know and I'd just come on in the last, you know, halfway so through the evident. year, so it was pretty obvious yeah. it was me. And I got ripped a new one because they only had the one internet for the schoolroom, the station, like the yeah, everything wow. and
0: Whoopsie day.
2: Yeah, I mean, you've got peak and off-peak periods, um, but nobody at the end of the day you can't stay up at two AM doing stuff, and neither no. can people in the office. So yeah, the respect. I guess you know that's a discussion the managers need to have with their crew, though. That hey, go on Instagram, go on Facebook, watch the odd YouTube video. Do not binge Netflix
0: on your weekend off because yeah, we kind hate of you. yeah, and they need it for their business. They need <laughs> it to they need it to actually do your pay too. Putting it yeah. out there. This is one that I think we probably don't talk about
2: enough and I think it also goes off stations and I've come across this a lot um, with pilots. Don't always (laughs) expect to get the good jobs. Everyone has to start somewhere. So, if you're told to go sweep out the workshop – Sometimes, and I think again, this came up in the episode with Kate Everett. Some people like sometimes you will have to go whipper snipper or paint the horse yards, or and you're like, I came out here to muster cows and work in the yards and whatever. Like we all have these expectations, but at the end of the day, you don't have access to all those other services. So people on stations yeah. got to be their own plumbers, their own electrician. Well, actually, no, you probably won't do any plumbing or electrician work. But you know, somebody's got to. You've got to be the handyman. Yeah, you've got to be the handyman and do stuff, and it may not be very sexy. I mean, I mean. Maybe not for you guys. You should see me with a whippersnipper. snipper. Amazing. But it's got to get done and it takes a team and nothing is beneath you. I think that's really important that nothing is beneath you.
0: When I first went north um, at 17, uh, it was in January, um, but they needed someone to start. So I was there with the two re- um, returning staff from the previous year and myself. Yeah. But it was January and it rained. And so I literally mowed the lawn. For four weeks straight. Was it a ride-on mower? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. I it love, really yeah. did. <laughs> but there was actually not a great deal else that could be done at that time because and it was raining. Whatever you do, put pride into your work. And I think that says a lot about you. Like
2: if you get told to go, well, actually I love cleaning troughs on a boron. go and do it like and love it and do it good. Make those troughs sparkle. If you have to sweep out the workshop... Sweep it good, don't do it half-assed. Like, don't just save your good stuff for when you're in the yards. Show that It really shows who you are, I think, if you do it everywhere. Definitely. So, a really important one that if you take one thing away from this episode, I think, hopefully you take away everything, but (laughs) if you're going somewhere, make sure somebody knows where you're going, no matter how insignificant it seems. I used to,
0: to be honest, can I have a confession? I used to find... (laughs) That telling someone where I was going all the time frustrating I felt like people were just trying to keep an eye on me and keep tabs on me and wanting to know everything that I was doing uh hopefully I still did it anyway I can't really remember but at the time I was too young and naive and stupid uh just realized it was actually about safety It it was about guaranteeing my own safety
2: it's really important because it's not easy to find someone. And you need – if somebody – first of all, people need to know if there's a problem. So, they need to know that you're actually missing, not, oh, well, you know, she should have been back by 3, but, you know, but they might think, oh, she should have been back by 9 p.m. They need to know when that – Yeah. Know. When and do they, they start they looking need for you? to know you. generally, you know, if you're on a million acres – It's a long bloody time to try and find someone. Like, where do you even start? People need to know. So, with helicopter pilots, it's called a SAR time, so search and rescue. So, when they leave one place and go to another, the place they leave, or generally, like, it's the office or not, they give a SAR time. They say, I'm heading out to this station, SAR time, 4 p.m. So, that you know that if it gets to 4 p.m., and you send, I always send an alarm on my phone, if those pilots didn't ring, that's when you'd be like, okay don't panic and then you try and track them down and generally you could get to them and you'd be like you missed your SAR time you owe me like 500 cartons of beer yes but if you can't get through to them that is that is when you initiate search and rescue so that is the point of it and so usually they get maybe if they get to the station at 350 they'll be like they'll message you to go cancel SAR they always cancel the SAR yeah it's so important now I'm not saying you have to give a SAR if you're going out in a boron but generally you say hey I'm going out in a boron I'm taking or Actually, this this did happen on a station I was on two years ago. To get to the homestead, there were two ways you could get there, and one is the main driveway, and there was the other, like this little backtrack, which I never ended up taking. And one night, um, it was nighttime, when we knew somebody was coming from the other station next door to this to our station, and we were looking out for them, and they weren't there. And then we noticed the headlights coming through the other track. They were coming around the back of the homestead. And the manager had to have a word to them and say, if you're going to come... The unusual way you need to let us know because if you'd broken down or if we you'd didn't arrive, you didn't arrive, we would have gone looking, you know, right. and it was a three hour drive. So you could have been anywhere on that three hour stretch. So we would have been all on that other track when you could have only been a few K's out of the, you know, yeah so it's, it's just basic and it, it might feel silly. And some people, even if you take on this advice and tell people you're going and people go, yeah, that's cool. I don't need to know. Still do it because I worked on a place in America when I was working on a ranch, a really big spread. It was, um, just over half a million acres. And every time I guess that's how I knew I was was very different culturally. Every time I'd go out, someone on the ranch would be like, this is where I'm going. This is what time I'm due back. And they'd be like, yeah. So, um, um, well, that's nice to know. And I'm like, T- and then like, even when I'd go into town that was an hour and a half away, I'd be like, I'd, when I was leaving town, I'd ring them, or when I got to town, I'd ring them, be like, I made it to town, and then when I was leaving town, I'd be like, I'm leaving town now, I'll be home in an hour and a half, and they'd be like, that's nice. And I'm like, well, if I'm not home in an hour and a half, I've probably rolled my car, or hit a deer, or an antelope, or, I actually did hit an antelope one time, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, you- yeah. it's just basic. Anyway, I just think that's really important. And then, just to lighten the mood a bit, because I got a little bit of my depressing high horse just there, The last one is, when you go out, you are representing your employer, you're representing the company, so behave. And if you're not going to behave, then lie about where you work. (laughs) So if you go out to a rodeo and you cause an absolute ruckus and you work at Station A and somebody goes, where the bloody hell do you work? Just say you work at Station B. (laughs) I've never heard that tactic before, but I like it. Or just say you work at, like, Drover's Run or... um, Killarney. Oh, no, Kalani is an actual real station, so maybe
0: not. That yeah, was, maybe that not was the no, yeah.
2: But um, I don't actually encourage that. So generally just behave. There are stations that have got themselves banned from certain roadhouses and pubs and stuff definitely. because people before them have run an absolute muck and just been so disrespectful. And,
0: yeah, so. No one wants them around. Yeah, so yeah. either behave or, yeah, lie about where you work. Moving <laughs> on.
1: Ariad is for when you measure your day by acres, not hours. Find exactly what you need to go the distance at ariot.com.au and experience the Ariot difference today.
2: Okay, so if people have hung around oh my this goodness. long, it is worth the wait. We are getting to the good stuff, <laughs> the final. Now, Steph says good stuff and I'm just blushing. It's the juicy stuff. It's all about, hey, Jodie, yep. let's talk about sex. I can't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> also as i started to sing that i realized that i really don't have any singing skills so i was like this
0: <laughs> i was like that's brave steph that's yeah. brave." Okay. okay
2: well just pretend actually okay. maybe i can like cut out the audio from the summer plate in here but anyway let's talk about sex baby or sex jody anyway anyway <laughs> god <laughs> this is why i'm single moving right along moving on this
0: is possibly one of the greatest things i've read of all time oh my goodness fornicating with your workmates is incest the neighbors aren't too far away please note this is a direct quote from a well-respected couple who have been managing stations in the northern territory in queensland for years so important it's not (laughs) that hard to go next door i don't even
2: there's so many issues with this like Actually, I did So stations that a couple of years ago. Within, like, the first month, all the first years had coupled up, like, perfectly between the stations. Yes. And I was like, guys, A, independence. B, when it goes to shit, because generally, you know, it doesn't – you know, sometimes it'll last, and that's great. But if it doesn't, you got to work with those people for the rest of the it year. kind of do. And, and if it does work out great, if you think there is something there, what's the harm in just chilling out until, like, second round or something or the rodeo? Like, just – don't jump into bed straight away. Or he says you have to jump into bed with them at any point in time. Like, get to know them. My advice, wait till you see them work cattle in the yards. Because for me, that is a huge turn off. if somebody is really shit in the yards and I don't like the way they work cattle. There's no way they're getting my slag. So maybe you should just hold out until you've done some cattle work with them. There'd be nothing worse than hooking up with someone I reckon and then watching them like try and load a truck or work in the yards and they're like, you know, jiggering something or yeah. going like oh, oh, you know, just yelling and you just be like, Oh my god. I, I slept, slept with that. <laughs> <laughs> so just take your time on that one. Yeah. Uh <laughs> the other way you've expressed this is um you were living in a small community. Be careful where you
0: throw your cat. Could yes. you explain that one for me? Um, no, I'd prefer not to. <laughs> uh, just think about where it is that you're putting your uh, genitalia, I guess. Yeah. And uh, potentially where it might, where the corresponding genitalia might have been before. Yes. So this, <laughs>
2: this corresponds to get an STI check at least every year. Even if you've been careful. Now, I have a fabulous story. When I once worked for a company, so they had a few stations around the north, and one person somehow got chlamydia and slept with another person, and they slept with another person in the company. This was, you know, at rodeos, and eventually, like, there was chlamydia on, like, all those company stations. Obviously not me, because I'm a nun and I have no life or social skills, so I definitely wasn't sleeping with anyone, but- while I can laugh at it, like, some of those STIs are ones that you don't get signs for. Like, I think everyone's yeah. kind of got a bit freaked out when it had tested. And so, chlamydia, I'm pretty sure it's that one that, like, you don't have any symptoms and it can actually make you infertile. So, you don't want to, you know, have – especially if you're having a gap year up north, you don't want mm-hmm. something you've done on a year off to literally impact the trajectory of the rest of your life. Absolutely. And you don't want to be known as that person who passed it around as well. Oh, my god! So, goodness. be safe no matter what you do, please. And there are clinics everywhere even when you're at remote like go to an indigenous community like a lot of the communities
0: will have clinics. Yeah. Get a test if you're in town. Get a test. They also have the traveling nurses, the remote yes. nurses. They are invaluable. Make sure take the time, go see them, get tested. Now, the very last point we're going to talk
2: about. I feel like there must be a story attached to it, so I would like you to tell me, please. You've said, if sleeping in a tent at camp, be sure, be sure to turn the torch off because people can see you, or at least they can see your shadow. Jodie,
0: yes. I feel like this has come from a direct experience. Uh, that's a significant no, Steph. Yeah. Uh, pretty sure it's self-explanatory. Uh, Don't shy away, Joey,
2: Tell us the story.
0: Was uh, this you in the tent or was this someone no, else? No, definitely not me in the tent. Um. I think it's pretty self-explanatory, actually, step. Okay, well, all you remark. guys need to know is that it happened somewhere, so... It's happened. Don't, just, let, mm-hmm. don't
2: let it be you, especially with <laughs> social media and smartphones these days.
0: Oh, my goodness. Not worth them it.
2: Anyway, we've covered a lot. That is an hour. So we've just given a couple of different pieces of advice about... Being careful with who you are intimate with, I suppose yeah. if you want to say it nicely. But there's actually a really simple, easy way that you can make sure you don't forget this advice. And it's a little saying.
0: Don't screw the crew. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Guys, don't screw the crew. The neighbours aren't that far away. You'll meet other people.
0: But in saying that, I do have a little caveat and everyone who knows me who will be listening to this podcast will just be like,
2: but you! Jodie, did you screw the crew?
0: Well, it wasn't exactly like that. But yes, we are. Now <laughs> I love
2: that, like, when you say when I like. Did you screw the crew? It makes it sound like you screwed the whole crew. Yeah, no, no, no. No, we're just talking about one person. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And we're now married. We've been married um, eleven years. Been together fourteen years. known each other fifteen years. Um, so it it does work out, you it know, can for some work people. Out. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I one think, of the lucky few. Just putting it out there. I think
2: has a rule of thumb though. Don't screw the crew. Yeah. And if you really have the urge, watch them. Work cattle in the yard first, you yeah. know they're not a complete yeah. idiot. <laughs> and spend a little bit of time getting to know them, see how they train other people. I love it, I've just become their like very godmother life.
0: Well, actually that's one of the first know, things coach. that I, I loved about Dan was that how he worked with young horses and that seeing how he was so respectful with them and how he brought them along so gently was just one of the very first things that I admired about him. So yeah. putting it out and there. Just, yeah, just be careful. Like we said earlier, it's a very small industry, so they're for somebody, I didn't even
2: sleep with this person. I just kissed them and then I didn't see them for five years. And then I saw them at an event in another state and I was just like, Oh dear God. I <laughs> know, God. So it is a small industry. Like you will run into these people or people will tell. Honestly, there's some gossips in our industry and I've had lots of sex stories. So if you're not telling the story about what you did, somebody else might. So just Definitely. anyway, that's all I can say is, and this, and this isn't, um, this is for goes for both guys and girls like yeah girls, both guys and definitely girls. obviously there's a bias there and girls tend to get a harder time than guys about this stuff like that's another issue altogether but it goes for both of you so definitely. please just take your time have fun focus on the cows and the horses
0: but if you do go there use protection <laughs> yes be safe
2: all right we're gonna shut up now because we are not <laughs> your mothers and we are not old enough to be your mothers so hopefully your mothers take care of that
0: um, So, yeah, just some final words of advice. If you work hard, you will have a great time. You'll learn some kick-butt skills, make some friends that last a lifetime. Just enjoy it. Just go for it and don't give up. Persevere. Absolutely. Have a crack. Attitude is everything. There are
2: currently over 1,100 compelling true stories on centralstation.net.au, which will open your eyes to what life in the outback is really like and why many wouldn't live anywhere else. There are yarns from station managers, ringers, cooks, govies, pilots, vets, and more, told with humour, self-deprecation, and pride in a job well done. There are tales of working in stock camps, mustering cattle, and how education and socialisation works in some of the most remote parts of Australia. There's stories about the wonder of living in an amazing landscape, but also the perils that come with flood, fire, and drought. And there's stories about the inherent danger of living in isolation, including times when the flying doctor has come to the rescue. These stories paint a vivid picture of outback life, the good, the bad, and the dusty.